Welcome to The Rundown, your source for the latest news and updates from the Kansas Legislative Division of Post Audit. I'm Brad Hoff. In December 2023, LPA released a performance audit examining the accuracy and reasonableness of fiscal notes for bills introduced in the Kansas legislature. I'm with Andy Brienzo, Principal Auditor at Legislative Post Audit, who supervised the audit. Also joining us is Macy Smith, a Senior Auditor and Team Member. Welcome to the Rundown. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Brad. Let's start with some background information. Uh, The Division of the Budget is the agency that issues fiscal notes. Talk a little bit about what are fiscal notes and when does statute require the Division of Budget to issue them? So each legislative session in Kansas, hundreds of bills are introduced for consideration. Fiscal notes are a part of that process, and as you said, they are issued by the Division of Budget and are a resource for legislators to help in understanding the financial impact of a bill. Does the bill have a cost? Will the bill generate revenue? Will the bill require more staff at an agency? What agencies and programs will take on that fiscal effect? And even is there a fiscal effect to local governments? The fiscal note helps to answer those questions. And fiscal notes are required to be created by statute. If you look at our report, you will be able to read about some of those specific requirements, but some of them include things like the timeline for creation being within seven days of a bill's first reading, or that they must include a specific dollar value of the bill's immediate effects. Something interesting to note here is that the statute only requires fiscal notes to be created for original bills. That means that as amendments are added to a bill throughout the legislative process and the bill starts changing, the fiscal note attached to the bill may no longer reflect the fiscal impact of that bill. So the usefulness of that fiscal note may diminish. We will probably talk more about how that played out when we discuss more specific findings today, but this is not the case in other states. According to a 2015 report by the nonpartisan Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, 26 states do update their fiscal notes in one capacity or another to reflect changes from bill amendments. Now, where does the Division of Budget get the information it needs to issue these fiscal notes? The short answer to that question is that budget gets its information from other agencies, but there is a process. Budget requests fiscal estimates from the agencies impacted by the bill, and they generally request that those agencies use a specific template. In our report, you can see an example of that template, but the template is much more detailed than the published fiscal note. Some of those additional details include the agency's interpretation of the bill and any assumptions underpinning the agency's estimate, like inflation assumptions or whether or not costs and revenues are a one-time or ongoing thing. And agencies decide how they approach their estimation process, and we found that each agency has somewhat different approaches. We also can't forget about bills affecting counties, cities, and school districts. 
Per statute, budget is supposed to consult with the relevant association, such as the League of Kansas Municipalities. Generally, on these fiscal notes, given the large number of local governments involved and the seven-day deadline, these estimates don't have a dollar value reported. When the agency returns the fiscal effect document, budget takes it and both does a high-level review of what is reported and uses it to complete the fiscal note. In their high-level review, budget analysts may look to see if they agree with some of the agency's methodological assumptions, or they may check it against the fiscal notes of similar bills from past sessions. But this is a high-level review because they are producing fiscal notes for hundreds of bills in a short time frame and with 10 analysts on staff. To give an example of that, on average, during the 2018 through 2022 sessions, budget issued about 600 fiscal notes a session. Now, in reading the report, it looks like the team reviewed 20 fiscal notes for this audit, 10 that were issued for bills that passed and were enacted into law, and 10 for bills that died and weren't enacted into law. Tell me how you made these selections. Okay, so for this audit, we essentially did two main bodies of work. The first dealt with 10 enacted bills from the 2018 and 2019 legislative sessions. And then the second body of work dealt with 10 bills that died from the 2021 and 2022 sessions. And we approached them differently because um, there was different information available for these two groups of bills. So for the 10 enacted bills, we were essentially looking at whether their estimated fiscal effects matched their actual fiscal effects. And we selected older bills to allow some time for those actual effects to become clear. Since the future is inherently unknowable, we generally considered estimates that were within 20% or a few thousand dollars of the actual effects to be accurate. Um, and then if we found a greater difference, we followed up to understand why. Um, for the group of 10 bills that died, obviously we couldn't compare their estimated fiscal effects to their actual fiscal effects because they were never enacted, so they didn't have actual fiscal effects. So for that body of work, we were reviewing whether agencies followed reasonable processes to estimate their fiscal effects and then came up with estimates that we thought were reasonable. Um, and we selected more recent bills for that group to review more recent processes. Both selections varied in a number of different ways, like the number of affected agencies. So some fiscal notes need multiple agencies' input. We also looked at whether the agencies frequently created fiscal estimates, whether the bill affected local governments, uh, which is something that doesn't always happen. And then they also varied on things like whether the bill created a new or modified an existing program, the size of the fiscal estimate, stuff like that. So we think we got good cross-sections of agencies and bills. But both selections are pretty small relative to their populations, and each bill is unique. So our conclusions can't be generalized to other agencies or other bills. And there could be problems with fiscal notes that we didn't review. But we think these analyses provide useful information about why estimated fiscal effects and actual fiscal effects may not always align. So let's focus on the 10 fiscal notes for the bills that were enacted. Uh, what did you find when you compared these fiscal notes to the bill's actual effects? Most of the fiscal notes we reviewed differed from the actual effects of the bill. 
And as Andy has already mentioned, we determined fiscal notes were accurate to the bill's actual effects if they were within 20% or a few thousand dollars of each other. So the bulk of the bills that differed from the actual effects, and I'm talking about four of the 10 bills here, differed because the bill was amended during the legislative process, and an amendment was the main reason for the differences. For example, one bill allowed wrongfully imprisoned people to seek damages against the state. Bill amendments lowered the monetary damages claimants could receive and clarified other kinds of damages claimants could receive, such as tuition assistance. These changes resulted in the cost of the past legislation being lower than the bill as it was introduced. Then two of the 10 bills that differed were so because an agency implemented the bill differently than what they anticipated, or because fewer Kansans participated in the program than what agencies had predicted. For instance, one of the bills created the Youth Suicide Prevention Coordinator position in the Office of the Attorney General. The fiscal note reflected that the position was intended to be full-time, but at first it was filled with a part-time employee. Finally, one fiscal note of the 10 was different because of agency methodology. The bill required renewal of commercial driver's licenses every five years rather than every four years. The Department of Revenue estimated the impact of this change over a 20-year time period and then divided those costs evenly across each year. But in reality, the costs associated with this change appeared to be larger in the first years of the bill's implementation. Now, revenue's methodology was likely reasonable for approximating total long-term costs, but it didn't accurately anticipate that immediate increase in annual costs, and that was the primary reason the estimate was significantly different from the actual costs of its first year. And then, of course, there were three fiscal notes we found to be accurate. In those cases, the bills were narrow in purpose, and the agencies involved had relevant historical data to use in making an estimate. So, for example, one bill designated a memorial section of highway and required KDOT to install two signs. That was very straightforward, and KDOT, of course, had prior experience in installing signs. Okay, so let's move on to the 10 fiscal notes for bills that died. It looks like the team relied on best practices from the U.S. Government Accountability Office, or GAO, to determine whether agencies followed reasonable processes to create their estimates. What kinds of things did you look for? These really focused on a few different areas. So we looked at things like whether the agencies ensured they understood the bill language and the fiscal effects, whether they identified assumptions they would need to make. So again, they're trying to project into the future. So there's going to be some level of uncertainty and certain assumptions they will have to bake into their estimates. So we're looking at whether they're identifying which ones they need to make and then considering the effects of alternative values for these assumptions, whether they assessed, um, whether they had accurate and complete data, whether they documented their methodology and assumptions in a way that someone else, like the division of the budget analyst who's working with them, for instance, could read and understand in a comprehensive way. And then ensuring uh, whether they ensured their estimates were reviewed by a second person. So there's not just one person at the agency who's responsible for this or someone who's checking the work and validating what they're producing. 
And then for fiscal notes that affected more than one agency, we added a look at budgets process for coordinating and validating the agency's work. Um, So that would be things like ensuring that the agencies are using compatible methodologies and not working at cross purposes, so to speak, um, so that the fiscal note at the end of the day is coherent. What did you find when you reviewed whether agencies created reasonable estimates for these 10 fiscal notes? So we started with um, asking agency officials to describe how they created fiscal notes, and then we reviewed documentation to determine whether they followed the processes they described on the fiscal notes that we selected. And of the 10 bills that we reviewed, uh, seven actually followed reasonable processes, created reasonable estimates. So the vast majority of the ones that we reviewed were in pretty good shape. Three didn't appear to be reasonable because they didn't include complete or correct information. So uh, I'll give you an example. 2022 House Bill 516 would have created a sales tax exemption for personal hygiene products. This includes a lot of different things like soap, diapers, feminine hygiene products. The Department of Revenue estimated the bill would decrease state tax revenues by roughly 20 to 22 million annually during fiscal years 2023 to 2025. But we weren't sure if this was accurate or reasonable because department officials relied on some assumptions that we didn't think were good ones. So an, an example of this would be to estimate diaper costs, the department assumed Kansas births would be comparable to the average annual number during 2017 to 2020. So of course, the number of births determines the number of diapers that are purchased, the diaper cost, and then the sales taxes that would be foregone. But we think this is too high. So births in Kansas generally have been declining every year since 2014. And the department's method, because they assumed it would be relatively consistent over time, overestimated births by about 1,000 for 2021, and then didn't reflect any decreases after that. So they were probably overestimating diaper costs significantly for every year by the time they got to 2023 to 2025, which is the years for which they were calculating. So, but I'll say that the problems we saw with agencies' processes, they were case by case. They weren't really systemic. We, of the six national best practices we reviewed, we only saw repeated issues with a couple. Um, So that would be data validation and then documentation of agency methods and assumptions. But again, this was only with a minority of the bills that we reviewed and they they weren't systemic. So we don't think there's a widespread problem here necessarily. Um, we did note that there was one of the 10 that we reviewed that was unreasonable because budget made a mistake and didn't include a potentially large cost that an agency had identified. So, uh, 2021 house bill 2241 would have required all health insurers to cover certain diagnostic breast examinations. The bill affected the Department of Administration because that's where the State Employee Health Plan is housed and the Kansas Insurance Department. The Kansas Insurance Department uh, mentioned a potentially large cost that's related to federal law, but the Division of the Budget excluded this from the fiscal note. In some of the fiscal notes you reviewed, it required multiple agencies' input. Uh, The report says budget is responsible for coordinating these agencies' efforts in situations like this. Tell me more about some of the shortcomings you identified. We didn't always see evidence that budget officials coordinated with agencies. 
on fiscal notes like we would have expected. So we of the 10 fiscal notes for bills that died that we reviewed, four involved multiple agencies and therefore required some level of coordination from the division of the budget. We found a pretty clear-cut problem in one of these four instances. In two others, we couldn't tell whether budget communicated with uh, some of those local government associations that Macy mentioned before, the Kansas Association of Counties or the League of Kansas Municipalities like we would have expected. Um, So again, not obvious that there's a widespread problem here, um, but we did see one instance that was pretty clear-cut. So this was related to 2022 House Bill 2685, which would have required all Kansas students to show grade level proficiency on new standardized tests. Budget talked to the uh, Kansas State Department of Education to estimate state level costs, but didn't talk to the Kansas Association of School Boards, even though statute uh, requires this when appropriate. We think this was something they should have done because the bill, in our estimation, could affect school districts financially, and we think they should have had a means of having input on this fiscal note. Budget said they don't have a process for consulting with CASB and thought the State Department of Education had the needed information. The other two instances I mentioned, Budget said that they communicated um, some corrections that they were making to estimates that the Kansas Association of Counties and League of Kansas Municipalities um, had provided. They misinterpreted a couple of bills Budget caught this problem and corrected it, but we didn't see evidence that they were communicating about this change with the associations. Um, Budget said that this usually happens informally via phone and just isn't documented, but uh, we can't say one way or the other that this is something that occurred. Finally, what's the main takeaway of this audit report? Our audit suggests that the cost estimates and fiscal notes frequently don't match the actual costs of the bills um, that are enacted. We did similar work in 2010. We found very similar things, um, which is that most fiscal notes don't match because of unavoidable things. So one is, as Macy mentioned, when bills are amended, statute doesn't require fiscal notes to be updated. And so as bills change, the fiscal notes no longer reflect what the bill will do if it is enacted. Other factors include the tight timeframes that are required to make estimates. Obviously, statute has a seven-day turnaround uh, time for fiscal notes. We heard from agencies that often, in reality, they get as little as 48 hours to come up with an estimate to provide to budget. And then, of course, there's the fact that the future is inherently unknowable. So it's impossible to every time accurately predict what's going to happen, especially with things like participation in a new program that there's no, that agencies don't have good data, historical data to draw upon. We didn't see pervasive problems either with the agencies or with the division of the budget. And attempts to improve this process would require big changes like requiring fiscal notes to be updated when bills are amended. Um, but of course, the legislature would have to consider whether they have an appetite for making such changes. But even then, it's likely there will always be some differences simply because it's hard to predict the future. Andy Brienzo is a principal auditor and Macy Smith is a senior auditor at Legislative Post Audit. They completed an audit examining the accuracy and reasonableness of fiscal notes. Both of you, thanks for joining me today. Sure. Thanks, Brad. Thank you for listening to The Rundown. 
to receive newly released podcasts, subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. For more information about Legislative Post Audit and to read our audit reports, visit kslpa.org. Follow us on Twitter at KS Audit or visit our Facebook page.